0: Of That's a wrap podcast. I am your co-host Jay Rosales. Glad to be back and joining me are my two co-hosts. First off, Dre. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing very well. Great to have you back. I hope uh, your excursions in Montreal or uh, in Quebec, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Quebec City.
1: Quebec City, right. I, I, I hope they were great. I've only ever been to Montreal. Loved my time while I was there. Looks like you had a great time with the fam over there as well. Uh, but with us, we obviously have the mix master, the producer, Jason. How's it going?
2: What's up, guys? Yeah, man, Jay. It's great to have you back. I'm glad you're done with your adulting. Can you stop being an adult? That'd be great. You have
0: too many responsibilities. Oh, actually, no. You know what? I will, I will not stop being an adult because... <laughs> uh, I got to give a quick shout out to Josh. He did an awesome job last yes. week. Yes, yes, he did. Um, yeah, he really gave me a run for my money here. Um, so, yeah, he's he, he was really awesome. And uh, yeah, again, thanks, Josh, for 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 stepping in. I think he did an awesome job. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just glad to be back.
2: Totally low key. We were totally talking. Uh, I guess after the pod. Uh, me and Dre were like, yo, we should probably just get Josh in. I don't know about Jay anymore, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, not even for jokes purposes. I, I am staying out of that drama. I am anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
2: But yeah, <laughs> We're recording this, uh, right? Yeah, man. But no, Jay, it's great It's great to have you back. I'm glad you, I'm glad you had a good time, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's funny that, uh, you know, it's funny that Dre says he's staying out of the drama because... We had quite a bit of drama last night. Uh, We were recording this on Thursday, Ah. but last night uh, was the first of a home and home uh, between the Raptors and the Thunder. I will, I guess, sadly admit that I actually went to bed during the fourth quarter when the Raptors were up double digits. Uh, On the flip side, I did get up when I found out that Westbrook tied the game and Ah. I got out of bed and watched overtime. But yeah, what'd you guys think of that game?
2: I have a quick question. Would you guys ever record and PVR games and then watch it like a little bit later or maybe the next day? Could you do that? Me
1: personally, no. Uh, I'm fine with keeping up to date on my phone. I I couldn't. It's not an impatience thing. It's what's the point in watching something unless I know it's going to be a heated game. Like recording last night's would have been a no-brainer because both teams are excellent. Yeah. But Like in terms of like keeping up with the score and stuff, I could like... We have the internet and smartphones and stuff. Where I know that's an idea of yesteryear, or back in the '90s, that was common to tape games on right. on cassettes and all of that. But right. like now, with so much social media, and obviously, if you're a fan of sports, you're following them on social media. You get updates on your phone if you have a Raptors app. There's no way in hell you can avoid it. I just just use my phone That's but I know true. there are still some, some people who do that so. yeah
2: I just couldn't do it well I think people are like you should just record the record the game watch it later I was like bro but but then it's live you don't get that feeling of being live and yeah you know Jay I definitely lost some sleep yesterday I mean we were up by I believe 20 I think we like in the third yeah. quarter or something and it started to dwindle we started to leak oil a little bit we came back Uh, gave a little bit of a run in the fourth but then Paul George caught fire Westbrook did his thing and then Little you know, you know, blink of an eye, you're an OT. Um, I, was, I wasn't I was surprised that the last possession was going to Siakam. But the thing is, he definitely should have passed it out to Fred Van Vliet. I don't know if you guys saw that, mm. but before he took that, uh, he gave the charge, I guess, by, I think it was Jeremy Grant. Uh, I no, it was uh, Shooter. It was Schroeder. Oh yeah, because he was yeah. guarding Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet was wide open at calling for the ball, so I don't know if Siaka missed it or he wanted to do it for himself, which is fine. But I mean, if we could re- rewind just a bit, so he could just pass it out to Fred Van Vliet, uh, we could have been we could have been done. I, I don't know over. if I,
0: I fully, I don't know, I don't know if, if I fully agree with that. I agree, mm. he was wide open, but at the same time, Schroeder was quick; like he was leaning a bit, but uh, I think with Pascal's speed, he probably thought. I could Euro step this into a layup and shooter just got there quicker. And I think this is kind of part of Siakam's growth. Um, If he, if he's a millisecond quicker on that decision-making, he probably kicks that out to Van Vliet. Um, It just, it's just not there. And I think uh, I'm not too concerned about it. Again, I like the fact that it was him who had the ball and I'm glad that, you know, he had the right idea in terms of, uh, you know, using his speed and, you know, he had that, it's, it's crazy because he caught the ball on the other end of the court and right. in three seconds managed to get to the rim. So.
2: Yeah, because we had like, what, 5.2 seconds left or something like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so tough because Siakam also had one hell of a game yesterday and the guy was shooting like over 60%. So, I mean, I would have trusted it in his hands as well too. I mean, Fred Van Vliet's also been doing very well, but I don't know. It felt like it was... Siakam's night, period, I, I thought it was a good idea as well. Sometimes these things just don't work out. Uh, yeah, we were up by at least 20, and they scored over 30 points in the quarter. That That's exactly how they caught up. That's crazy how how they caught up like that. But that's why you don't underestimate OKC and the fire that they have between uh, Russell Westbrook, who's always on fire. He always has a heat within him, whether he's playing well or not. He's always energetic, always on top of his game, always at least trying, and you have Paul George, where when he catches fire, is arguably in the top five players in the NBA right now. It's a scary team.
0: Uh, well, I'm I'm wondering, like as as that comeback was happening in the fourth, um, you know, I had this convo with uh, my buddy Mike at work, and um, the the question about you know this kind of comeback being something that you could almost foresee happening. Did you guys like while you're watching, did you feel like oh crap, we're gonna we're gonna lose this lead or or were you more like, you know we we got this. I had no I like I totally didn't see this comeback happening. like how were you guys in this because did you see this coming? Um...
2: I don't know. I It's kind of hard to foresee anything like a 20-point lead. Uh, I know that I think the Sacramento Kings just gave up like a 28-point lead a few days ago. Uh, and when we're talking about like college basketball, when you see a lead that's like 12 points, that's basically over, right? But in the NBA, yeah. if you see a lead that's like, what, 28 points? You can easily come back from that. This is the NBA. People, like, you know, players shoot threes all game. And you can come back very easily. Momentum changes. And then, boom, you're in overtime. But what surprised me the most was not the fact that we played so well in overtime, but how badly OKC played in overtime. They didn't score until, like, two and a half minutes into OT. And I'm thinking... is No, it... they
0: actually didn't score until the last minute. Like, the it was last like minute? Seconds. Wow. Yeah. Like, that was... They had four points. <laughs>
2: That was it. We went like an eight, a crazy 8 eight zero run, and by that time, you know, like people were leaving the stands. They knew it was over, you know, and things like in overtime. Usually, it's pretty tight, you know, four point lead. That's 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 enough. That's enough to win. But we were already in an eight eight zero run. So I was. That's what I was surprised at. I wasn't honestly. I didn't have a feeling that we were going to lose. I just didn't feel like that OT was going to be a blowout.
1: I did foresee this happening, because unfortunately I'm going to go into a bit of a, a mini rant, as I tend to do. Um, so far in 2019, the, the Jonas Brothers had the previous uh, you know title of Brothers that we least likely wanted to see. Uh, <laughs> that was reclaimed by Tony Brothers last time. <laughs> for all things, Carmelo Anthony, um, Nikola Jokic, and Toronto Raptors. I don't know why, but he does. Um, and yeah once we started to slip a little bit and uh the thunder started to heat up and tony brothers breathed in that arena i knew that was it like i that was basically going to be uh no charges called for us fouls called over here it was going to be a disaster but luckily um i don't know what happened because whatever was working for okc in the fourth worked for us we completely destroyed them and as you said jason usually in an an overtime it's the sign of a tight game usually they're not this wide of a margin so it's like if you had to go to bed at the end of the fourth quarter which obviously would suck but if you had to (laughs) and you woke up and you're like what how did we win by like over 10 points it's like well one of the weirdest overtimes because whatever got us there basically for me okc beat us in the fourth but we had the rest of the game including the overtime and that explains why the overtime or was the way that it was
0: mm-hmm. well, i think i think you had kind of tony brother you, you kind of yeah we well, kind of touched on it in terms of like the the fact that uh the raptors owned the first three quarters and i think my i guess I'm i'm mildly concerned that we still lost that lead considering how much of the game we we dominated so, yes, a little bit of the old, oh, no, it's uh, it's another comeback that we are going to lose now kind of came over me. But at the same time, I never felt like uh, we would lose the game. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Number one is that we've got Kawhi. And I think he's shown time and time again this season that um, he is able to take over in the clutch. And whether it's shooting or scoring, actually, it, it, I saw this other stat the other day about how his assist rate has gone up during the clutch. And uh, that's really promising because you know uh, teams are going to key in on him. Um, another reason I thought that we had it in the bag is because Paul George fouled out. And, uh, you know, Paul George, for the most part, Kawhi kept him in check for three quarters. I think he only had like 10 points entering the fourth. Um, Kawhi just hit some, I mean, not, not Kawhi, uh, Paul George hit some ridiculous three-pointers near the end. Um, but yeah, he filed out. And um, I, I think that's the only way in which Tony Brothers actually helped is that he... You know, finally called a sixth foul on Paul George. Yeah, well he had to. Um,
1: Technically, the thirtieth. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He had no choice. He called one in every three fouls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the fact that Paul George wasn't there really did help because then the Raptors could just key in on Westbrook and, um, and and that I guess my final. stat i guess you could say on this is that okc's offense has been the second worst offense in the entire nba since the all-star break so really but like despite the fact that you know you know last week you guys are mentioning that okc has can be an nba finalist and i agreed with you their offense just hasn't been there since the all-star break and the fact that they struggled in overtime is more indicative of that
2: they don't really have any other scores besides westbrook and george Right, so you take out George, especially in OT, and Westbrook is already like, okay, he he, what did, how what was his stat line? Like forty two points. Uh, I'm not too sure, but the thing is, he turned over the ball a lot, and he doesn't move the ball very much. So he he's one of the most him and like John Wall are one of the most like dynamic scores off the dribble, coming full speed at you. Like you can't you can't guard that. There's no way. But if you can make him shoot jumpers shoot threes that's fine no one else besides him and Paul George are going to score that basketball so if you can utilize you know your defense if you have Kawhi Leonard to guard uh Paul George and you let Westbrook score 42 but make him turn over eight times I think that's a recipe for success for us
1: yeah it's interesting that you bring up uh scoring in OKC first off yes it's 42 points for Russell Westbrook two other players had above 10 points yeah uh, shorter with 12 uh, paul george was 19 and that says a hell of a lot because um i don't think well i do think russell westbrook still is continuing to lead the team but not quite like he was two years ago when it literally was a one-man show but having said that you obviously have a lot of rebounds i mean you're looking at steven adams uh westbrook himself had a lot of rebounds schroeder had a lot of rebounds looks like schroeder had an all-around pretty decent game george himself but you're looking at the stat line of everybody else and you can clearly see if you compare to the raptors where it's like one two three four five uh our starting five alone had over 10 points or just 10 points uh, if you're looking at marcus all but otherwise like there's at least some sort of balancing of numbers around, especially with the, the starting five and like an additional one or two players like the Thunder really underperformed outside of Paul George having a hot streak and also Russell, Russell Westbrook trying to keep them in the game for the entire time mm-hmm. and succeeding in the fourth quarter. So I didn't know that about their offensive stat line. But looking at it now, uh, it, it's abundantly clear. So, numbers numbers win again, Jay. Yeah. The re- <laughs>
2: The, the I mean the reason why we're talking about OKC so much is because we're actually going to get round number two, uh, this Friday. But news just broke that Kyle Lowry is not going to be playing this one, and so this injury with Kyle Lowry, uh, again, I I know I I was speaking to the guys at Camel Guard, and I was saying how that wasn't a dirty play, um, by the Knicks. I I forgot his name, Robert. I don't know
0: Mitchell Mitchell Robinson.
2: Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. I don't think it was dirty. I just think it was very clumsy. It, it was an accident, but, you know. And I'm not gonna be on Nurse and say because we were, you know, blowing out the the Knicks by 20 points, we, we want we want Kyle Lowry to stay. Now he just came back from an injury, so we want him to kind of get his flow back, right? So I don't fault Nurse for playing him even in a blowout game. Um, but do you think that this will? tarnish whatever we had whatever chemistry we had going on uh especially the fact that we only have 10 more games left
1: well now that we're balancing loan management between the two k's the two kl's actually kawhi leonard and kyle lowry that's not gonna be great because right now the best thing we could try and form is the chemistry between our two best players for the playoffs that kind of cohesion um what we do have is some great experimentation with backup options, but we need to set in stone a main option for the playoffs because we're going have to have to some sort of a core that, you know, our backups are going to be alternatives, not our main courses of action. So, you know, we need, we need some steadiness in um, in the playoffs, especially because we have this newly revitalized team but that's exactly what it is. There's so many new components, and this is a new phase. We've seen this season. We've had a great season, but we haven't had the playoffs yet with this team. So I think it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit wonky. Uh, hopefully, we face the Heat or the Nets. In the playoffs, first round, because if it's Detroit, I'm kind of concerned.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot that you guys said there that that, that I could comment on. Um First of all, with 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 regards to uh, the injury that happened during the next game. I mean, the, typically when there are blowouts of that kind, and at the time. You know, the Raptors were up by 34. Um, There were still five minutes left in the third quarter. Um, Typically, with those types of blowouts, the starters still play their regular, you know, third quarter minutes at least till the end of the third. It's typically the fourth quarter where you see, um, you know, the starters sit out. So uh, I have no issues with with Kyle Lowry being out there. Um, there, One of the camera angles did actually look kind of iffy to me uh, when, when Mitchell Robinson fell on... Lowry because it looked like his left hand kind of dragged down Lowry and and to the point of it being just a clumsy play I mean uh it it just reminds you of like playing pickup ball at the Y and then that guy who just doesn't know how to play he's actually <laughs> yep. the most dangerous player on the court because yep. he is totally you know uncoordinated and just a wreck to to play with so that's kind of the way yep. I saw that. Um. So yeah, I guess in a sense, I do agree with you that he was he was a uh, a bit clumsy. And as it pertains to to Lowry, I think our our best example to kind of uh, as I guess a beacon of hope here would be um, how the Raptors have handled Fred Van Vliet's injury. Now, if you remember, he right around the All Star break, it was you know discovered that he had a thumb injury and that he would be out. I remember, they said at the time he'd be out for three to five weeks. Now, fast forward, and he comes back just a bit after five weeks. Um, The reason why the number is important is because uh, the way the Raptors have played, regardless of who's in the lineup, we've still managed to win, you know, at this stage, 51 games. And there was no rush to bring back Van Vliet. And now look at the way he's played. Has he looked rusty at all? No. No. he's looked amazing. So I, I wonder too, like, I mean, I feel like we're in this alternate universe right now. So, uh, imagine if we were in a tight race, either for first or for a playoff spot or something, and we force him back after three weeks, he's not going to be a hundred percent. We saw what that was like in the playoffs last year. We saw how mm-hmm. he struggled. Maybe, you know, if he had a bit of extra time to recover last year, uh, maybe he hits that game winning three in game one against the Cavs. I don't know. But the, the point is, um, this, uh the fact that Lowry's going to sit out a second game is, is a good thing. I mean, we I, I, I fully agree with you, Dre. We do need more time to get some chemistry going, especially between Kawhi and Kyle. But if there's one guy on this team who I'm not worried about with chemistry, it's Kyle. So go ahead and Fair rest point. him. Um, go ahead and rest him against OKC a second time. And uh, yeah, just make sure we're all, you know, healthy for for the playoffs. Yeah,
2: low-key MVP of this team is Alex McKechnie, director of sports science and all the oh medical my team gosh. on the Toronto Raptors because we have, what, what is the stat? One game with a full roster? They are the busiest <laughs> and the most successful sports doctors of of the n b a because yeah you're right, we are up here, that's why yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they got free health care fifty one games, I mean with not not even the with one game with a full roster, come on like that's that's ridiculous, but let's look about the n b a just a tad, especially with this injury bug, um we got. Sadly enough, because I love this guy, CJ McCullum is out. I don't know for how long, but at least his teammate Damian Litter wants him out for the rest of the season, so that he can he can be ready for the playoffs. And uh, a little bit more close to home, we got the Milwaukee Bucks, who have lost Malcolm Brogdon and Nikola Miracic until at least the second round. So, what do you guys think, man? I mean, like this is kind of bad timing for both teams, really.
1: Well, uh, speaking of the Bucks. Um, and I never want to wish ill will on any team because, you know, if teams are going to win, it's best if it's like actual gameplay and not something nefarious. Let's look at the Bucks, which are still the top team in the league, losing to teams like the Cavaliers, you know, the Knicks the other day, the Suns, the Jazz, this has been the wonkiest stretch the Bucks have had this entire season because until this point they're one of the few teams that have not been plagued by injuries at all like I know um Yanni Atentacupo sat out near the start of the season but it wasn't for anything major this is a bit different this is like whoa, well, okay without Bledsoe what's kind of happening here like th- these are some really crap teams that they've lost to I mean no disrespect but like it's a little bit concerning and now it's like Okay. At least in first place, they get a bit of an easy ride in the playoffs for the first round, because uh, if you are correct with, you know, them having a full healthy team by the second round, that should be okay. But then again, they lost to the Cavaliers. I know we did too, but they also lost to the Suns and they also lost to the Jazz in the same short stretch.
2: The thing about these injuries with both CJ and Brogdon is that these are both, well, CJ is out with a knee injury and Brogdon is out with a foot injury. It's not like they can still be on the floor with the guys. Whereas, Fevin Vliet, it was a hand injury, but he still got to work out and play on the court. And, you know, you see those practices uh, before games with, with Gasol. So. This, it's it's a pretty big blow for both CJ and or I would say for both the Blazers and the Bucks. They're both such very important pieces, especially ball handlers, too, uh, for each team. And yeah, you're right, Trey. like having a, a injury bug hit them so hard at this time where, you know, it's so prominent to be in a good position to have such good chemistry and play in all uh, cylinders for the playoffs. And then you know your top ball hander top scorer uh, are out until the second round like that's huge and jay i want to ask you man what do you think i guess we'll stay with the bucks do you think there is a little bit uh indication that one we could probably maybe take over the first seed and two if we do see them knock away in the conference finals because that's when we would see them do you think that could be an upset
0: yeah you're reading my mind here. Um i and, and I've been preaching about this for several weeks now that you know the Raptors are pretty much locked into the two seed, but these injuries have really they've really sh- started to show some kinks in the armor for the bucks. and mm-hmm. these these last couple of games, these last couple of losses, Dre that you mentioned, that's very concerning. And now that I look at their schedule, and again, we are, Currently, just two games back of the Bucks, but again, that's realistically three, right? If they have the tiebreaker, mm. the schedule is actually not looking that as easy as I originally thought it was. I mean, the Bucks still have to face uh, the Rockets, the Clippers, uh, the Sixers again, the Thunder. Meanwhile, the Raptors are after this. After we play the Thunder um, on on Friday all of our remaining 9 games are against teams with a net rating below 0 so a negative net rating so it, 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 the the door is open there i don't know if 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 that's something that you know i know at the end of the day nick nurse and the rest of the team probably doesn't really care about it but you know the bucks struggles of late you know it's kind of opening that door and to answer your your, your second question about the conference finals i am still not sold on the bucks even making it there
1: Hmm. Um, really Mm
0: -hmm. and and there's a domino effect of this right because of up until now i've always thought that okay the raptors are going to finish second and that's fine and that's actually pretty good because the the way the bracket is kind of uh, uh breaking out that probably means a a second round date with the sixers and then That would also mean that the i guess the two bigger threats to the raptors being the celtics and the bucks those two get to duke it out and the raptors only have to face one of them Um, and the way i see that shaping out is actually i I still think that the the celtics with their um, and i think you guys even mentioned on last week's pod like the celtics with their experience can actually knock out the Bucks. now having said all that what i haven't really considered is okay If the Raptors actually end up in first, which I still don't think is going to happen, but it's it's at least possible now, that puts us in that bracket with having to face the Celtics in the second round, right? And then possibly the Bucks in the conference final. So you know, finishing first may actually be a slightly tougher road. You know, I have have all the confidence that the Raptors can get by all of these other Eastern Conference foes. Uh, and this is all a domino effect of Brogdon and Miritich's injuries. Mm-hmm. And if I could add, sorry, one more one more uh, team to this injury bug. Um, it was announced. Uh, Shams tweeted today that three different starters from the Timberwolves are out for the season. Oh right, yeah. Yep. Covington, Teague, and I think it's Rose. Yeah. No, Rose. no, it's, yeah, it's Rose. And, and the only reason I mentioned that, like, we already know that Minnesota is out of the playoffs. Uh, is because the last game of the season, uh, the Raptors faced the T-Wolves. So, I mean, just chalk that up as another victory, right? So, I mean, uh, this this injury bug is starting to, uh, I guess, work in the Raptors' favor where it's been pretty much against the Raptors all season long. Hmm.
2: That's interesting. But, I mean, you guys remember last year, we did get first overall, and look what we got. Be careful what you wish for. But until we move on, let's hear a couple of our sponsors, shall we? All right, so Jay, I know that you've been working your ass off on this article that you've been working with Sean Woodley. Um, yeah. Because, you know, March Madison's here, and I know that you're a huge advocate of why, or as I would say, Kawhi, Kawhi, is staying, see what I did there, um, is staying with the Raptors, and you've been, like, front runner of that. Can you explain to us what the hell you're doing with this Kawhi article?
0: This time of the year, it's, it's amazing what happens, right? I mean, the the, the bracketology just kind of takes over the sports, um, you know, lexicon. And once, and, and this happens every year, selection Sunday happens and immediately people all they're talking about are brackets and who's going to win and whatnot. And then it goes an extra step further. You start to see all these random other brackets, like what's the best fast food restaurant, <laughs> what's the best coffee, blah, blah, blah. So I started thinking like what, is it that is like interesting to Raptors fans? And all we care about is if Kawhi is staying. And guess what? We have tons and tons of little, little and big news tidbits that are starting to point towards Kawhi staying. Mind mm-hmm. you, a lot of this, I mean, I remember the the very first time uh you know someone had tweeted out uh you know, Kawhi is staying. I believe it was, I mean. I think it was the photo, the very first photo with Kawhi and Masai and Bobby. I think that was, if if you guys remember that photo, he he was kind of cracking a smile, yep. and that that photo came out. And up until that very photo, we hadn't heard anything from Kawhi. You know, there are rumors that he's not gonna gonna even show up, and how healthy is he? All this negativity when right in front of our eyes is a superstar player that we've never had of his caliber. And then that photo came out and it was like the start of something. It was the start of the Kawhi is staying, uh, you know, generation, I guess you could say, I don't know what, what, what I'm looking for. So it's just been this collection throughout the season of like mm-hmm. little things where people say, Kawhi is staying, Kawhi is staying. And I started looking at my Twitter feed and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got like dozens of different things that point to this happening, and again, it's it's it was a fun thing to put together. I reached out to Sean Woodley because he is, uh, he's probably the head of the Kawhi Staying Fan Club. So I said, hey, I, I've got a few. I'm sure you have way more. You want to you want to do this bracket style? And he's like, let's do it. So that's that's how it kind of happened.
2: If I could just say, I would put the the very first photo much higher than number seven on the seventh seed. I'm just saying, but these are, these are fantastic. I mean, the lingering hand, the, sn- the snow is nice to look at. Like these, these are so good, but they're also really compelling. Like all these little moments. Um, I, I remember I was reading something from like a, a Spurs fan and they're like, we've never seen Kawhi like this before. Could it be because of how we are, or the Raptors organization is handling Kawhi's situation? Because, if I remember correctly, when Kawhi wanted to did like the whole interview with, um, you know, Bobby Webster and Masai, the, their number, his number one motive, I guess, to play is to be healthy. And we've taken that, Twofold, and basically trying to make him not only healthy but happy, and, and and yeah, this could be like we're babying him, but it's almost like this is what he needed in the Spurs, and that's not what he got. And now you have let like, Jay, you and you and Sean masterfully brought all of these little tidbits together <laughs> to 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 fight each other off, and it's great. I can't wait until we see who wins.
1: What I love most about it is that I don't want to jinx anything, so I don't want to say the other alternative to him staying so i won't but if that were to happen at least you have this kind of a collection where it's like hey the time here was great look at all of this magic where it's like yes we did have the superstar but we didn't just have a superstar he liked it here look at all these little things that we could pick apart i just being a raptors fan who has kind of been stymied for so long of having this kind of a superstar who didn't leave or get traded it's just it's it's nice to reflect on whether it's in jest or to actually take all of this seriously like this this combating of which which of these little attributes is going to win but it's just nice going through all these because some of these i flat out didn't even know happened some of these i forgot happened mm-hmm. and it's just nice to relive a lot of this because it's like damn first off that season has gone by very quickly secondly there there was a little bit of something here and it wasn't just because we've got this podcast now this season. Am I, am I wrong guys? This, no. this season's felt a little bit special.
2: I absolutely agree because you're right. It's almost like this one year has gone so fast, but it's also, you know, you look back in these little, we look back in like memory lane of, of things that, you know, even noticed that Kawhi has done like celebrating with his teammates on the bench or, um, dancing at all-star like have you ever seen this like maybe we haven't watched the spurs very often but like you, you don't see this from a player some of, of Kawhi, he's he's cut from a different string you know and whenever you see him smile or it just gives you a little bit of hope <laughs> i guess and and yeah I'm, I'm really glad jay that you you and sean are doing
1: this man yes this and is you... a great idea both of you i congratulate both of you it's excellent
0: well thanks and andrea i love what you said about the fact that this is like that trip down memory lane because um you know, I, I can guarantee you that if Kawhi was under contract next season, we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be having the whole, is he staying, is he going? Because he mm-hmm. would already be under contract, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it just forces us all to really appreciate the season. And yes, it's it sounds silly that, you know, we're... Because I'm trying to think of this from, from the lens of a non-Raptors fan or someone who's outside of Toronto. It's like, really? They're going to freak out over you know him high-fiving Chris Boucher really but <laughs> as a raptors fan who's who who we've long suffered and never had someone of this caliber and it might possibly be only for one season uh you know this collection of of little clues along the way have been encouraging right mm-hmm. it's it's not we're not just appreciate it it gives an extra level of appreciation for him so we get to enjoy him leading us to victory and then outside of that we you know we kind of enjoy all the little things that point to him staying um so yeah i it's it's been fun it's really is fun um the the feedback has been great and yeah. i'm excited for when you know by the time this episode gets released uh friday morning that you will all see the other half of the bracket and we've got some good stuff in there and uh, you know it's it's like the revealing of a present to the world. I can't wait for everyone to read it. Um, and I guess to add to the, the whole thing about the comments, I mean, we we definitely are encouraging people's feedback because we're, we're hearing a lot of great feedback just about the, the, the article on its own, but also, um, you know, you already touched on it, Jay. Like, I wish that this was seated higher or like, I kind of wish this one uh would have won and this one like and there's there's other things that people haven't even are are already commenting on that aren't even they don't even know it but it's in the bracket like it's in the other half of the bracket so i mean it's it's been fun and uh, i can't wait for you guys to read
2: it yeah if you guys haven't seen it already i mean check out uh jason or sorry not jason (laughs) jay (laughs) risas and sean woodley's on uh article on raptors hq i i guarantee you guys uh you can't miss this man it's it's so great uh and you're basically doing it like uh, coinciding with March Madness, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So after we reveal, uh, the second half of the bracket, by the end of the, by the end of that, we'll have a quote unquote sweet 16. Um, and then we'll just leave it at that until next week, you know, because the real NCAA tournament will have its, will be whittled down to its sweet 16. And then next week we'll do two more and kind of whittle it down to the final four. And then, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun,
2: man. That's awesome, man. Okay. So, uh, I, don't, I guess this is a weird segue, but I also wanted to do something else with you guys. So I was reading this article. Uh, I think it was a GQ article and Jay Cole was on it and he was just saying how um, there's this little segment where Jay Cole was... Um, about to perform at the Charlotte All-Star Game. And basically when he got into the room, everyone was silent acknowledging that he was there. And I was like, this, could you imagine if Kawhi uh, walked into a room and he didn't really say anything, that's something he would do. And then everyone just started to stop and kind of stare <laughs> and realize that Kawhi was there. So that got me thinking. I wanted to ask you guys, I have a I compiled a list of rappers of the most accomplish raptors uh rappers in in our generation so i wanted to go through some of them and i want to know your thoughts i'll give you mine too about the nba counterpart to these rappers all right so you guys want to try this with me
1: yeah i mean this is this is a great idea um
2: Andre, I know that you're you're a huge music buff, uh, and I'm really excited for <laughs> not not to say that Jay doesn't know his hip hop, but I, I I'm very intrigued by what you guys are going to say. So, oh,
1: Jay knows his hip hop for uh, sure. I, I can imagine.
2: All right, so let's go with the <laughs> first one. All right, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go about like you know all their accolades and everything. I just want to go name my name. So, who do you think is the NBA counterpart of Jay Z? For this one.
1: I'm actually going to go Kevin Durant. Because, Kevin Durant, really? Yeah, we have this story of starting from nowhere and getting somewhere. Jay-Z and KD, um, you know, doing a big move, which was seen as controversial. Jay-Z retired and came back. Kevin Durant, I don't think I need to explain that one. But they're still winning, and they're still doing really well, and they're still giving it their all. Comparable to some of the greats out there, rappers or basketball players. Um, heavily debatable. But you can't ignore that they have had some stellar, stellar material, whether in a league or in the rap game, in their entire career. So I am going right. to go with, uh, yeah, I am going to go with KD. All
0: right, Jay. I am going to go with uh, LeBron on this one. Yep, um, I, I agree. The big name, yeah. Because if you think about the the, the, the Mount Rushmore of both NBA players and rappers, uh, LeBron's going to be on there, and Jay Z would be on there. So I think that's that's what it is for me. I mean, Jay Z's just been. He's been in the game for so long. He's been consistent and at the top of the game every single time. So yeah, for me, it's LeBron.
2: Nice. Yeah, I definitely pick LeBron too. I think he's kind of like the Don of, of the NBA and so is Jay-Z. All right, so let's move on. What about Drake?
0: Uh, I'm actually... This is actually where I threw in Kevin Durant. Um, Ooh. You know, it's it's kind of... Yes, it's viewed, I guess, more in the mainstream world that, that Drake is one of the best in the game. But also outside of you know his music he's kind of annoying
1: <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> like he's whether That's it's so trying to cheer for like whoever's the best team and it's he's just annoying off off the court and for drake he's annoying when he's not rapping so like yeah for me it's katie <laughs> nice Drake. but like yeah you
1: it can't be KD because he don't give a damn about no damn Drake night. So um, <laughs> obviously, nice. obviously, I didn't go. I didn't go. Uh, Drake similar cynical approach to this one. Um, Drake is very hit or miss for me. I think sometimes he's fire. I think sometimes he's molasses and monotonous. So I went with James Harden, who also could similarly mm. be fire, but has got no D and has similarly got an ego like Drake. And they often are undermined by their own ego. So I'm going to go with James Harden. When Drake's hot, he's James Harden hitting 60 points a game. When he's not, James Harden's defense every game. Okay. I like like that. that.
2: I that. Um, I would go, this one was a little strange for me too, but I picked Giannis. Because I, oh. I I kind of went with the cynical route, <laughs> same thing as as Jay because, um, he's a little he's a little annoying. You're right, but you can't you can't <laughs> knock his game. You can't knock his game. That's for sure. And Drake has definitely proven time and time again that he is top 100 of the billboards, and Giannis is now the you know top player in the NBA. So I, I went with Giannis. All right, okay, I'll go next because I've already spoken about this one, but I chose Kawhi as Jay Cole, kind of like that silent, mm-hmm. basically let his game speak for itself. So, what do you guys think about J. Cole?
0: Yeah, I'm going to jump in and just quickly say that I agree. I mean, I have nothing more to add to what you said. You nailed it on the head. You basically read my mind. So, yeah, Dre, nice. it's over to you.
1: Well, I didn't pick Kawhi because uh, when we had an original list, um, I fell in love with the idea that Kawhi is the Andre 3000 of the NBA. He keeps <laughs> to himself. He doesn't say much, but when he does, he kills everybody else in the game. So, I tried my best. Since we're not doing Andre 3000 for this, I tried my best to not include him elsewhere. So I actually went a very different approach. I went Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons huh. doesn't have a lot of flash, but he's got fundamentals. And Jake Cole at heart is a straight up storyteller. And that's how he resonates because uh, he's like his, his last album with its talk and substance abuse and everything. It's just straight up fundamental hip hop from its core about the lyrics. And that's the way I see Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is great not because he does the flashiest whatever. He doesn't even have really have a jump shot, but he does whatever's necessary, and it shows. So for me, it's a bit of a weird one because I mean Ben Simmons is a little quiet, but he's not like Kawhi quiet. Let's be honest here. Fair. But like in terms of like the style of play, I think he's a silent assassin. Ben Simmons. I like it,
2: man. I knew this was going to be fun because that's that's a good answer. I I didn't even think about Ben Simmons. All right, how about this one? I I'm I'm gonna leave it up to what you guys say what about kendrick
1: this one was a bit tough because for me kendrick is the best in the game right now but in terms of tenacity and straight up result after result after result i'm gonna go with russell westbrook i don't think they have the same level of ego and uh uncontrollable nature i think westbrook's (laughs) a little bit more off the chain yeah but in terms of results you can always depend on him to always try his damn hardest have the energy have the results whether you prefer damn to to pimp a butterfly or to good kid mad city it's it's all semantics but at the end of the day you know everything straight of fire whether the game is a is an L or a dub for you
0: I'm glad you said I'm glad you said fire because I I went the same route in terms of who I chose not the same person but like with anything that Kendrick's on this amazing run right now anything that he he releases is just it's it's a swish, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I uh, couldn't help but think that it's like Steph Curry shooting a three.
1: And
0: uh, you know, any time you release something, it's it's a bit of a stretch, but you have this confidence it's going to be fire, it's gonna it's going to be gold. And uh, yeah, I went I went the route of uh, of Steph Curry because everything every three sh- three pointer you feel like it's going in, right? And yeah. and anything that has Kendrick Lamar's name on it, you feel like it's it's going to be you know a hit.
2: I like it. Um, That's a I, great one. I was gonna go with DeRozan mainly because of the comping connection, but I, I think that was too. Ah. <laughs> I think that was too easy. So I'm actually gonna go with Harden, because like you said, he kind of spits fire and. Harden is really good solo, right? Um, he's gonna drop fifty on you at least eight times, in, or every eight games <laughs> or something like that. And Kendrick is going to spit fire every single time, and I, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Harden with Kawhi or uh, with uh, features.
1: With K- so there you go, it's a great one.
2: There you go. Yeah, uh, Jay, this is gonna be fun. What about Kanye?
0: So Kanye was a bit weird for me, uh, because it, it's when he he gives you all of his best. It's like no one tops him. But then when he goes off on his uh, I guess you could say craziness, uh, he takes a lot off the table. So for me, that's Ben Simmons. He, he oh. gives you so much in terms of, you know, his his ability to be a point guard and still be as big as the center. Uh, his passing ability is amazing. His defense is outstanding. So he gives you everything, just like when Kanye is 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 hitting you with some really good stuff. But mm-hmm. then he takes it off the table with that outside shooting, and that is, and also the the, the Simmons uh, Jenner West connection is is uh, kind
1: of there. So. <laughs> I didn't even uh, think about that. Yeah,
0: kind of, that's a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, that's where I went. With
1: that. What about you, Jay? Um, I actually went something a little similar, not in terms of. Uh, well, in terms of like the strip down, because uh, like Ben Simmons, Kanye West is, again, just about the bare basics. He's one of my favorite hip hop artists, but best rapper alive. He's not. And I think he knows that. But he's all about the full package. But he's also got his eccentric nature, his controversial, divisive, insane nature. So I want Draymond Green, the kind of person who is a buffoon to deal with and he's got his major nice. fault. But mm. when he saw it, damn, the guy is fundamental basketball, the complete package, I think still the only person to ever get a triple double without getting more than 10 points. I mean, that says a lot. That to me is Kanye, where it's like, hey, you know, the the one thing people like most in hip hop, the lyrics, he got it. But I have all this other stuff. And guess what? 10 out of 10 album. Mm. That's Draymond. <laughs>
2: It's fair that's a good point i went I like with that. i kind of went with storyline with this one kanye uh got out of his rockefeller deal uh he came after jay-z jay-z lebron i went with kanye and Kyrie. so Ky- oh, Kyrie nice. is definitely like he he's good his accolades you, you know he's a champion right but at the same time you left the dot you know what i mean and you tried to be your own yeah. man and look where you are now so like there's a lot of story there, uh, and I kind of, I kind of think it resembles the Kanye and Jay Z. So I went with Kyrie. All right, I got a couple more here. Um, with Nas, if I'm going to go first, mm-hmm. Nas is a legend, right? Uh, but he's another one of those rappers that kind of just let his game speak for himself. So I went with Damien. Uh, Damian Lillard he it's it's all about like when it's time to shine it's his time right and and he's going to perform without a doubt he resembles something like Nas like he's just very reliable and when it comes to Damian Lillard like if we if we're doing Fantasy League if you guys are going to join Fantasy League with me next year I'm going to take Lillard you know not not first probably second overall I think he's he's up there with the legends.
1: Jay what about you?
0: oh leave me last on this one uh I, I, I want the last word on this one
1: sure okay um well i didn't pick a vet per se even though i liked your line of thinking and i've got to be honest once you brought up uh, a it was really hard to think of somebody otherwise but i think i found a very good alternative okay um a legend but obviously very uh burdened by beef and the amount of bridges that he has burned i went to butler the kind of person who Ooh. is excellent at what they do, but the amount of rivalries created because of, you know, being in the game and, you know, th- some things aren't working out. You've got to make a stance. But like, when Nas is hot, straight fire. When he's not, you still see a great effort, but just not the numbers. But like, usually it's like, damn, I want to see this guy play. Or I want to put on a Nas album. I want Elmatic. It's it's iconic. And Jimmy Butler when he's on on fire. It's one of the best in the game right now. Fair.
0: Uh, well, if, if you remember my answer about Jay-Z and, you know, we said that he was, he's LeBron. And if we remember the whole jay z Nas thing um, rivalry that happened back in the day, uh, I went a different route. And I actually said Nas is kind of like Carmelo. And the reason I oh. say that is that for a time, a long time ago, for a time, Carmelo was genuinely LeBron's equal, if not better. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: I would agree. And with now that. he's washed.
1: <laughs> what are you saying about Nas? <laughs> that, 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 that last album had some good Kanye production, oh, at least. <laughs>
0: All All right, right, I know. see I'm your not, point. I'm not, I see your. I'm point. not getting
2: any anything. It's one, hot. Yeah. That's, that's hot, yeah. That's a hot take right there. That's wow, <laughs> that is a hot take. All right, all right. we were
1: fired, and if they're Carmelo Anthony, none of them went in. <laughs> uh, final one.
2: Yeah. So final one, we had to, time permitting, so we had to take out a couple. Again, uh, listeners, if you agree or disagree with us, definitely te- uh tweet at us. See who your Jay Z is, your NBA counterparts with Drake and Jay Cole and kendra We even have some. Honorable mentions with like Chance the Rapper, Childish Gambino. We didn't get around to, but our last one. What do you guys think about Eminem? We can't we can't not talk about rappers and not think Eminem.
1: Sure. Well, I'll go first on this last one. Before I do, um, when you brought up Kyrie, the only person I could think of him being a counterpart to is um, not Eminem. It's actually Bob Flat Earth. I can't see past it. But to go with Eminem, I'm not gonna. Talk about Eminem's con- uh, controversy or his, you know, his very vicious lyrics. I'm thinking about just who he is in the game, what he said for his upbringing, his youth, where he is now. And this is actually where I stuck LeBron James. I think, Interesting. you know, both started very young. They were seen as a prodigy, worked their way up, immediately were, were recognized as the hottest in their in their field, were heavily, uh, you know, sought after. Followed in style, try to be beaten, all of the beefs. And no matter where Eminem goes, whether it's his lackluster albums that he's had for the last while, he's still one of the greats. And so is LeBron James. And, you know, they're both controversial for very different reasons. Obviously, I don't think LeBron James is saying even 1% of the things Eminem's ever said. I hope not, but, uh, in terms of greatness. It's hard because some people consider m overrated. Some people consider LeBron James overrated. But if you're not even considering either person as greatest rapper ever or greatest basketball player ever, even in the, in the top 10, 20, whatever, then you're wrong. You don't get the game at all. So that's why I went with LeBron James.
0: Fair, fair. You know, the way I've, I've never been as high on M&M as, as others have, like, I don't know. I've just never been interested as as high on him as others have, and that's the same way I feel about Russell Westbrook. Um, Ooh. You know, he's very. You know, there's there's absolutely no one like Westbrook, just like Eminem. There's no one like Eminem in the game, and you know, just like how how Eminem has his very unique like style to himself, Westbrook <laughs> is also. He's got these MVP. He's an MVP, and he's he's he can be the best in the game when he. When he is at the top of his game, so but also similar to, to to how I feel about Eminem, I'm just not as high on Westbrook as I as others are. So you know, me is more of a personal choice than that. Hey, yeah, I went with Westbrook. Hmm.
2: Nice, um, that's pretty good though. Yeah, I think I went. I, I went kind of the same as uh, route as Jay. Um, I'm not. I wasn't too high on Eminem, but I do respect him. I I went with like how he changed the game. Who better? Uh, to say change the NBA game than Stephen Curry, um, he's definitely done so much to change this game with his his size and his speed and his handling and his shot, obviously, and it kind it's kind of like to me reminiscent of how Eminem changed the game. Not only obviously, I'm not I'm not talking about his. This color of his skin, but his skill—like no one has ever heard someone so with his freestyling and his and his rhyming and his timing—and it it was incredible. And you, it, there was no one like Eminem at the time, just like how there's no one like Stephen Curry at the time. So that's that's how we got. And all right, cool, that was fun, man. Maybe we can do like a of Dolly Parton.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, maybe we. I was actually thinking while I was while I was making this list, maybe we can do like bands or something. Like who's the. Who's the Metallica of... What What team is the Metallica of the NBA? But anyways, we'll, we'll get into that later. Okay, all right, so quickly. The Celtics. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, upcoming games, upcoming games. So we got the, like I said before, the round two, part two of OKC coming up on Friday. Uh, and then we got Sunday versus the Hornets, who I believe are in... Are they in 10th place? I don't know. Are they still fighting for playoff contentions? I'm not sure, but... And then uh, Tuesday versus the Bulls. So I'll go quickly. I'm going to say... I want. You know what? I didn't. Now to think about it, now that we don't have Lowry and there hasn't been word about Kawhi yet. So now nah, I'm gonna go win. I'm gonna go win against OKC. I'm gonna go Hornets. It's gonna be uh, surprisingly tough because for some reason we're always we don't face well versus Kemba, and then we're we're going to win against the Bulls.
1: Okay, so OKC. Uh, I'm not thinking about Kawhi or or Kyle. My main question is: is uh, Tony Brothers refereeing that one too? <laughs> if so if so we out if if not um no in all seriousness i'm actually going to predict an l there because i think if we fought them in their off game let's let's remember they only had one strong quarter they could be hot on this one like throughout the entire game so i'm actually going to go an l with that one i'm going to go a win with the hornets and um what was last one again or then the bulls uh, well, I got it. I hope we beat the Bulls. Uh, I think the Hornets is going to be very tight, maybe within like five five points. Yeah, so two wins. I, I predict a, a loss for uh, OKC. I'm
0: going to go... Uh, I guess I'll go with a sweep. Um, I think in my column I did say that we would lose to the Hornets because, you know, I guess with, with recent losses to the Cavs and to the Pistons where we just didn't look like we were all there, um, you know, I couldn't help but... But dote on that. But in all honesty, we should be able to beat the Hornets. And also, the Hornets are on the back end of a back to back, so um, I think it'll be a victory over the Hornets. But if I sorry to go back to the Thunder, um, the reason why I think it's a victory over the Thunder um, is because since Lowry is out, I think we can we can almost chalk it up that that Leonard is going to play. Mm, um, so I think with him in tow. And the fact that we've we've kind of already said it, that like the Raptors are actually a better team than the Thunder. I mean, they looked it for three quarters plus overtime. Um, and this is our last test before the playoffs. And I think this is an amazing test for Nick Nurse to get used to facing the same opponent with a day's rest. This is exactly what you want as a playoff preview and to make the right adjustments. So I think that he will make the right adjustments. At least I hope he does. Um, because if they're as good as we all assume that they are, they should be able to win um, at home against the Thunder. Um, so, yeah, win against Thunder, uh, a win against the Hornets, just because they're on the back end of a back-to-back. And they sleepwalk their way, their way through the Bulls. Um, I think Kawhi is going to end up sitting during the Hornets game, which means he'll be back at the Bulls game, and that's just an easy win.
2: Nice. And I wanna uh piggyback on that. I think Nick Nurse actually coached a hell of a game the last time they faced OKC. But all right, until then, uh this was a pretty fun podcast. I, I can't wait to do it again. And Jay, again, it's good f- it's good to have you back. Dre, where can I find you, my friend?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can keep reading my Uh, film editorials and reviews and take part of my on this day Thursday where you select any film uh, that's older than 10 years I will review it if it's been released on that date many years ago that's at films f-i-l-m-s-f-a-t-a-l-e dot com uh what about you Jason
2: uh, you can find me on Twitter at JLone20. You can find this podcast at That's A Rap Pod. Uh, you can find this podcast you're listening to on all your podcatchers. You know, Apple Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere. And make sure you find us on, on Raptors HQ because that is our new home base. I want to let you guys know I was just like, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before. I was just on Combo Guards. It's uh it's another podcast uh, about the Raptors. They're really fun. It's like a barbershop kind of uh, feel. And then on Saturday, I'm going to be on south of the six with adam corsier jay where can i find you
0: uh yeah you can find me on uh twitter at rosalasaurus um we already mentioned uh, the uh the the bracket column i've got coming out on uh on friday on raptors hq um i've only got two more articles left on on the wrap-up where i talk about the games of the week um, so, you can catch me there. Uh, I was on the Rolling Thunder podcast uh, on Tuesday night. Um, great discussion with Ben Mertens of the uh, Welcome to Loud City um, blog about the Thunder and uh, the Raptors. I, I think that if there's any part of that podcast you should listen to as Raptors fans, you know, fast forward to the halfway point at the 25 minute mark where he talks about how the thunder were able to keep paul george because the parallels to the raptors and keeping Kawhi are incredible and it should give you all the hope in the world that Kawhi is staying um but yeah that's where you can find me and uh uh yeah this is
2: nice well jay you made us a believer i hope you make all of us a believer too so until next time boys that's a wrap
1: Once again, Marcus Smart did something Marcus Dumb. You don't touch the process, that's exactly what you get.